0: Hello, Sarah Bowling. How are you?
1: Hi, uh, I'm well. I'm excited to chat today. It's good to talk
0: to you, finally. To finally talk.
1: I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, we've exchanged many an email, but this is the first time I've gotten to hear your voice. So thank you very much for talking to me about you and your writing.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: So for listeners who may uh, recognize the name, but not place it, Sarah wrote, uh, garden variety murder, um, the most recent mystery in our campaign. And I guess I, I really want to start with just a little bit more about you. And I guess, um, for you, what came first, uh, a love for tabletop games or a love for writing and storytelling?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. Uh, I think it's definitely my love for writing and storytelling. I will say that before I started writing scenarios for games, I didn't really do much writing in a like, pleasureful capacity. A lot of my writing was for work, which is also fun, but in a, in a different way. Um, But as a kid, I always grew up loving reading. Uh, I went into a career for seven years <laughs> that required me to do a lot of reading and writing i was a literary agent um, for quite some time um, and before that worked in a publishing house uh, so i've definitely had a love for stories for quite some time um, i really didn't get into tabletop gaming until maybe i'd say nine or ten years ago i'm not one of those people who grew up playing DD. i like barely knew what that was growing up um but I played a couple of sessions of games in college and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then kind of finally decided to delve into it as a, a young adult.
0: So with a background in publishing and, and agenting, when you think of storytelling, do you do you first start by thinking of it in a prose sense? Like written stories, uh, novels and short stories are sort of the way that you begin thinking about story or do you think of it in a different way?
1: Uh, you mean in the context of of constructing or writing a scenario? Yeah, actually, no. <laughs> um, I am a highly visual person, um, and I think the ideas that come to me are mostly images. Um, I'll just get, you know, like a really detailed image of something or like a cool scene in my head that like might not have any context when it comes to me or like mean anything. But then, you know, I start building it out from there and thinking of, okay, well, what are some motifs that I can work into something bigger that will like build this out into something cohesive and hopefully uh, fun to read and fun to play. Um, I do definitely think about the quality of the prose that I write. Um, I hope it's decent. <laughs> um, because I think in part, that's what makes it appealing to a prospective keeper who might bring it to their table. Um, I don't know that it matters so much in terms of how the keeper presents it to the players um, in that they're not really reading the words I wrote unless they're reading like a suspect quote. Um, but I think it matters in terms of like, building a solid picture in the keeper's head um but otherwise now i'm very like i start with like images and and that's what things build out from yeah
0: yeah can you think of an example about um starting with an image and then turning it into something in a game uh either from this mystery or for something else that you've written
1: yeah for uh garden variety murder in particular i think i started with a sort of image of you know a garden wall um ivy growing up at it. maybe it's raining maybe it's misty uh the remnants of a garden party i also love visiting the like uh the old Gilded Age mansions in Newport Rhode Island, like the the breakers, the Vanderbilts have like a bunch of properties up there that are really gorgeous, um, and like dripping with wealth <laughs> of unnecessary amounts of it. Uh And so from that seed, I started imagining, okay, so what kind of characters might have been at this this garden party that I've just imagined? Where do these people live? Like, what are their relationships? And then as I'm doing that, I'm thinking about what is going to make this all feel cohesive at the table. And I think the main way to do that is through theme and motif. So for garden variety murder, you have these themes of... Old money versus new money, sort of tradition and what that means. And I'm, I think, a person who mostly thinks that traditions are corrosive, although some of them can be beautiful, certainly. Um, so that's kind of the point of view from which the mystery is written.
0: As you started there and started exploring this, so, you know, thinking about your initial image and then going through themes to tie it together, was there anything that you came up with that early on you thought? oh, this is going to work. And then as you've got deeper and deeper into it, you're like, you know what I, that one idea I had doesn't seem like it fits into this mystery. Did you have any of those things that got cut out?
1: Oh, definitely. I remember the setup of the mystery was very different or substantially different uh, before I got some great edits from you honestly I don't remember the specifics of how it was different I think once I take it off the page uh it's like out of my mind I just don't think about it anymore I think the the main thing was that uh with mysteries like this they need to be tight um and like very carefully interwoven so that the players won't uh go down the garden path so to speak um and that's definitely a work that I had to do on this one to uh bring things together a little a little yeah. better.
0: Was there anything that you thought should be in here that somehow didn't make it in, or like something you intended to put in here and you just like uh rather than something you tried that didn't work, but something that you're like, you know maybe this element should be in there, but it never quite got there
1: yeah, no i think i'm 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 pretty happy with where it ended up, and it's been really fun to listen to it being played uh, by you and your rambunctious crew of mavens.
0: Well, thank you. I guess I, I sort of feel like um, writing something for a role-playing game is similar in a way to writing uh, something for theater, something for screen, uh, in that you do sort of supply a script or an outline or a blueprint, and then you hope that the people that tell the story get somewhere <laughs> with the thing that you've given them. Was there anything that we did on the podcast that you that uh, threw you or uh, or surprised you or it was not what you intended
1: i wouldn't say that there was anything that felt like it wasn't what i intended uh because in a way no matter what a group of players does with uh the scenario is presented there's going to be things that i could never have imagined that they would do um which is i think part of the joy of it that's why I enjoy running scenarios like these, regardless of whether I wrote them, it's because I like to see the, the creativity that the players bring and the strange <laughs> tangents that they send the story on. Um, I will say one thing that I thought was really funny um, was I love their theory from the the most recent session that I listened to, this like labyrinthine tale of, um a secret sort of mushroom growing business uh that like hemmed in a bunch of different characters in the neighborhood um and that's not something that i thought of when i was writing the mystery uh it makes sense to me how they got there from the clues that they have, but i could never have foreseen that and i think that's the the beauty of it um i also loved how much they hated uh, Phoebe Blumenthal. Yeah. Um,
0: did you intend that did you intend her to be the villain
1: uh yeah she's a type of character that i like like i love a, a cold woman um but i don't think that she's a nice person certainly um i think i'm the type of player that if a scenario presents me with a character that i feel i'm supposed to hate I'll find a way not to hate them and <laughs> to exonerate them right away. Uh, so I love that your characters, your players, sorry, just leaned into that and we're like, we're going to, we're going to pin this on her somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: for storytelling for you, like having, having spent the time in publishing that you did, if you were going to take this, and and maybe write it as a short story, something where you, you take your prompts and put it into a prose form. Do you think that you would have a different maybe plan for doing the I mean, obviously this is this is an outline for a game, but what would your thought process be in taking these basic ideas and turning it into something
1: prosy? Oh, interesting. I can't say exactly what my thought process or how like my workflow would be different. Um, but I can say I think my approach would necessarily be completely different, right? Because for scenarios like these, you're emphatically like not writing a story. You're providing the keeper slash the table with an inciting incident, something that like from which they can imagine um an interesting, twisty story. You're providing them with lots of little toys in the form of characters and possible complications that can be assembled and reassembled in lots of interesting and fun ways um and then the kind of game structure provides the end point right like we know that it's going to end in the case of a brindlewood bay mystery with the mavens figuring it out and nabbing the culprit um so when i'm writing a scenario i'm like not really thinking about a story like sometimes i do kind of game things out and go oh what if they do this what if they do that um but that's also sort of a losing game because you can't uh play is necessarily non-linear you can't predict uh the direction that any number of playbook groups are gonna take what you've given so that's a roundabout way of, way of saying that i don't know but i would be thinking about it completely differently um it would be a completely different approach. I think fiction, writing fiction and writing uh, for games feels like two very different pursuits to me in terms of structure and approach.
0: Yeah. I guess for Brindlewood Bay in particular, well, what brought you to Brindlewood Bay? How did you find this game?
1: I actually played a different Carved from Brindlewood game. Sorry, Carved from Brindlewood is the kind of umbrella. Uh, the mechanical umbrella under which Frendlewood Bay and uh, the Between, which is a game about Victorian monster hunters, um, and public access, it's about young adults in 2004 investigating creepy analog horror type threats. Um, there are a bunch of different games under this umbrella, and the Between is the one that I actually came to first, um, and it's probably the one that's more uh instinctually my vibe it's very dark it's very sensual and that's the type of play that i enjoy most often so through the between and like loving those mechanics and loving the stories that i got to play out there uh i came to brindlewood bay and actually like my first published game scenario was uh written for the between um so yeah i i got into the pipeline through there (laughs)
0: Yeah, I do want to know more about your other writing, but I guess to sort of finish the, the Brindlewood thought, with this game in particular, is there a thing that you come to it with, as far as your like writing approach?
1: Sure. Well, at baseline, I try to make sure that every suspect has an ingrained motive, one that's suggested by like either who they are and their kind of role in the scenario. Or that is just, you know, for example, um, in a garden variety murder, Oscar and Eugene's marriage is sort of on the rocks. And that could be a reason why Oscar would want to off his own husband. Um, you have Phoebe who does not want the garden walk to be happening, and Oscar happens to be the co-chair of it this year. Um, we have like, Motives that are built into the character descriptions. And I think that's helpful for a keeper um, even if the players eventually and inevitably decide that the motive is something completely different. Um, a lot of the early Brenda Bay series don't have that sort of thing built into the characters necessarily. But I, think, I do think it's helpful. I mean, I keep going back to the words motif and theme and I think that is part of Jason's guidance on writing a mystery but i do really think it's crucial um not not only for setting up a scenario that like feels full and cohesive and makes sense even though it's really like like i said a bunch of toys in the toolbox a, a toy box that you're giving to the keeper um, i think in terms of like the practicalities of of running a game and being a keeper who has to come up with complications on a miss or on a partial success and uh having to you know root around in your toy box to find something appropriate for that moment uh leaning on theme and motif really helps it it helps me at least and i know that one of my keeper techniques that i've developed for myself is to keep a running little like bullet point list of interesting images um, that i can keep bringing back as motifs interesting themes that are developing over the course of the campaign and those create really nice little creative constraints for me when I'm really like casting around for a complication, I can just kind of look at that list and go, Oh yeah, here's how I can riff on this theme right now.
0: Mm. Well, our time is almost up, but I want to know more about the writing that you've done for other things because you have other game writing out there.
1: Uh, Yeah. I wrote a scenario for the between called the shortage slugger uh, just sort of fight club in Victorian era, London um, that's available in the Between season 3 supplement, which can be found on drive-through RPG, I think, um, and presumably will be part of the Kickstarter edition of the Between whenever that comes out. Uh, I've also written a mystery called Blood and Black Gloves for Brenda Wood Bay, which I think is available for free from the gauntlet. Uh, I'll have to double check that, but I think that's the case. Um, I've also written for this uh, great, GM-less implementation of the Card from Brindlewood mechanics called Paranormal Ink by Alicia Furness. Um, you can find that in the supplement for Paranormal Ink called Bust More Ghosts. It's available on itch.io. I've um, also written a few things for public access uh, and some self-published stuff for a great Forged in the Dark game called Bump in the Dark, which is about monster hunting in the 90s, and it's super fun, and I hope people check it out. I'm not affiliated with the game itself. I just love it. And I keep writing things for it because I love it so much.
0: That's fantastic. We'll put links to as much of that as we can in the show notes if anyone wants to look up your work. Do you have anything that you're working on now that you're pretty excited about? Anything coming up that you have not officially announced that you want to hint about or anything?
1: I do. I have some mischief cooking. I'm the type of person who is very secretive about my projects until i actually uh have finished them i don't know why i'm like that but um maybe i'll just like the surprise of it all but yeah i'm working on some things that i'm excited about and uh i hope people check them out when they're done excellent
0: well thank you very much for talking to me today uh, it's good to finally have a conversation
1: yeah this is great thanks again for for inviting me on
0: of course Thank you very much, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.